G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Dr. Michael Youssef, introducing you to who the Bible teaches called the rich young ruler. Now, this moral, religious, rich young man was obviously not at peace internally. And so he comes to Jesus with this question. What can I do to get to heaven? In other words, how much is it going to cost me? Tell me, can I afford the price? Is there some obligation that I need to fulfill? Jesus, give it to me and give it to me quick. Welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, author of more than 40 books encouraging you in your walk with God. Today, what it means to follow Jesus in a world that offers multiple ways to chase and find God. Here's Dr. Michael Youssef to begin this challenging edition of Leading the Way. You know, the subject of wealth and money has always been a subject that people have been fascinated with and talked about for ever since humanity began. It's always been a subject of interest. It's always been a subject that people have expressed opinions about. And during the time of Jesus, when he walked this earth, it was no exception. People were debating and discussing wealth, money, riches, just as they do today. In fact, more so. People were asking the questions, is money, is, is it good, is it bad, is it neutral? How can it relate to eternal life, etc.? And Jesus got drawn into that discussion. Actually, I dare say, probably several times. But at least we have some of them recorded in the Scripture. And as we go through the series of messages, what did Jesus mean by saying this? We're going to look at Matthew chapter 19, beginning at verse 23. I tell you the truth, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, this statement that was made by Jesus about camel going into eye of a needle came right at the heels of Jesus' encounter with probably Israel's most eligible bachelor. Well, the Bible doesn't say that, but you can guess at it. He said he was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. I mean, you can get a three combination that is all encompassed in one man. He was young, he was rich, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he comes and asks Jesus a question. Go up a few verses, verse 16 of Matthew 19. That's the beginning of that encounter. And there Jesus is talking to him, and he comes to Jesus first and asks a question. 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this moral, religious, rich young man was obviously restless on the inside. He was obviously empty on the inside. He was obviously not at peace internally. And so he comes to Jesus with this question. And by the way, the overriding thought behind that question is, what can I, I, I do to get to heaven? (laughs) In other words, how much is it going to cost me? Tell me, can I afford the price? Is there some religious ritual that I need to go through? Is there some secret formula that I need to acquire? Is there some obligation that I need to fulfill? Jesus, give it to me and give it to me quick. (laughs) Before Jesus answered this young man, he basically, you know, it's, it's very interesting to me. If you do not think that Jesus had a sense of humor when he was in his earthly flesh, well, you don't read the gospel the same way I read it. <laughs> I just see funny things all over the place. Incredible sense of humor that Jesus had in the way he dealt with this man, particularly. Jesus said, you want to make it to heaven? Okay. Go and keep all the commandments perfectly. Oh, come on, Lord. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, the guy didn't get the sense of humor. He didn't either. (laughs) Lord, you know, nobody can keep the commandments perfectly except you, the Son of God, the eternal divine Son of God. Nobody can keep all the commandments perfectly all the time except you. What do you mean this guy needs to keep? But that's true, actually. But he didn't see the humor in it. You know what the guy said? Well, you know, I said, Lord Jesus, you know what? I'm, I've kept all this since I was a little boy. These commandments, I memorized them. I kept them. I'm, it's like, I, you know, when I witness to people sometimes and they say, I'm going to heaven. Why? Because I kept all the commandments. I said, man, you're doing better than I am. <laughs> Shocks them. But listen, <laughs> this religious rich guy doesn't get the sense of humor. And so he said, you know, since I was a little boy, I kept the commandments. Now, I want you to use your imagination, okay? Sanctified imagination. I'm not going to violate the scripture, but I want you to just use this imagination of having a dialogue. Jesus is dialoguing with this young, rich young ruler. And Jesus says, huh, you kept all the commandments, did you? Since you were a little boy. Yes, sir, I kept them all. Okay, well, let's see. Do you remember the first one? Yeah. Thou shalt have no other God but me? Yeah. Well, go and sell all that you have and then follow me. Oh, don't go there, Jesus. Don't go there. Why? Is money your God? Well, I don't know about that. Well, let's go to the 10th commandment. I won't embarrass you. Let's go to the 10th. Do you possess your possessions or your possessions possessing you? Oh, I don't know. I give a few dollars to the needy every now and again. I, I, you know, I don't do too bad. Uh, you know, I'm as good as anybody when it comes to that. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. Just give it all to the poor. Come and trust me. Then I'll provide for you. Oh, no, no, no. Don't do that to me now. Don't do that to me. You see, this man did not keep the commandments as he thought he did. And so, he went away sad. He went away sad. Why? Because his wealth was his God. Because he was covetous and he was a lying dude. Now, where's the problem here? 
Where's the problem with this religious, church-going, rich, nice guy? I'm sure he was nice. You see, when it comes to the trusting department, he was not trusting in the provision of the God of heaven, but he was trusting in his net worth. When it comes to faith, his faith was in the bird in the hand than in the hundred in the tree. And I am not going to let that go. That's the bottom line. And that, of course, prompted Jesus to make the statement, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye than for a rich person to make it to heaven. What does Jesus mean by saying it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to make it to heaven? Here again, Jesus' sense of humor. (laughs) Just think about it. (laughs) I mean, if he says it's very difficult for a donkey, it's very difficult for a goat, it's very difficult. Now he said, camel, you know, camel is the biggest animal, was the biggest animal in Palestine at that time, time of Jesus. They didn't have elephants in the Middle East. So the camel was it. The biggest thing you've ever seen. Eye of a needle. By the way, not like the needle you saw with the ladies, but it's a bone, about six to 12 inches, and the hole will be that big, the varieties of it, but they sewed with it. The smallest space, the biggest animal, doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be funny. That's okay. They didn't laugh either. <laughs> Before I tell you what Jesus meant by those words, I want to tell you about four false sense of securities that wealth creates. Number one, wealth creates a false sense of security. Secondly, wealth creates a false sense of self-sufficiency. Thirdly, wealth creates a false sense of attachment to this world. And finally, wealth creates a false sense of God's favor. Now, wealth can create a false sense of security. You see, because wealth can provide for the wealthiest physical needs, they are more inclined to rely on their money than on God. The Laodicean church in the book of Revelation said, I am rich, I have been wealthy, and I have need of nothing. And Jesus said to them, when it comes to your spiritual life, you are wretched, you are pitiable, you are poor, you are blind, and you are naked. Secondly, wealth creates false sense of self-sufficiency. Wealth says, I need nobody in my life. Wealth said, I can buy anyone that I want in my life. Wealth thinks that you do not need the divine resources, that do not need the divine provisions. And it provides them with a false sense of self-sufficiency. And that is why the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle, is writing to the pastor in the church of Ephesus by the name of Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, listen to what he said. He said, command those who are rich in this present world. He did not tell the pastor to beg. He did not tell the pastor to plead. He did not tell the pastor to start there and make an appeal. Absolutely not. He said, command those rich of this world's present world, not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. The third 
Wealth creates a false sense of attachment to this world. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, where a person's treasure is, that's where you're going to find your heart, his heart. And as long as their treasure is tied up to this world, they naturally cannot treasure the things of God. And the fourth thing is, wealth creates a false sense of God's favor. Now that's different from a steward who's been blessed of God, who has been faithful, giving, and God replenishes, and he or she gives, and God replenishes, because God wants to see his work progresses. He wants to see his glory revealed. That's different. So what Jesus finally meant by saying, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to the kingdom of God. I had to explain those four things from the scripture to you before I get to the meaning. Because of these four things that I just mentioned from the Word of God, they create barriers for entering into the kingdom of God. Now, here's something that you must never, 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 never forget. Remember, all of Jesus' hearers were all Jewish. Jewish people in the time of Jesus had many false belief systems, not in the Old Testament, Not in the Word of God, but written in the traditions by the rabbi. And I'm going to show you a big one. This is one of them here. They had a false concept of wealth. Some of these ideas were written down by the rabbis, and later on, they almost became bounding almost as much as the law of God was bounding. For many centuries, they just kept believing them and teaching them until they become equal to the Word of God. And here's what the rabbis have written. Listen carefully. They said the accumulation of wealth is a virtue, and only a sinner would give away more than fifth of what he owns. Now, you have to understand this historical context in order to understand the teaching of Jesus. You understand what Jesus is talking about here. Even the disciples who have left everything to follow Jesus. They were puzzled by what Jesus said. And they said, Jesus, if that's the case, who's going to be saved? By the way, the puzzlement of the disciples, the question of the disciples, is the key to the whole section there. That's the key. You say, why are they puzzled? (laughs) Why were they shocked? Because, again, the rabbis have actually perpetuated false belief systems. They've written down opinions that turned into laws. And these opinions were mostly designed to protect selfishness. They were designed to protect greed. And among these false teachings that the rabbis were teaching is this, that one can buy his salvation. Where do you think the medieval church got the idea of selling the indulgence? When they ran out of money building St. Peter's, they came up with this idea of selling the indulgence. And the more you pay, the better place your loved ones who have died will get in paradise. Where do you think they got? They got the ideas from the rabbis that were written thousands of years ago. Very clever. (laughs) And that's what they were teaching. And therefore, what Jesus is telling them is contrary to everything they've been told about wealth and money by the rabbis. 
He was telling them it's contrary to the tradition of the rabbis. But there's more. The rabbis thought that the larger contribution you make to the temple or the synagogue, the better seat you get in the temple or the synagogue. And therefore, it naturally follows if you give more, you get a better seat in the temple, that means you're going to get a better seat in heaven. Now you understand why the disciples were puzzled. They were saying, now wait a minute, Jesus. If the rich who give so much money get the good seats in the temple and the synagogue and are going to make it to heaven, the poor haven't got a chance. <laughs> Who's going to be saved? Who can be saved under these circumstances? Until what you're saying, Lord Jesus. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes. They heard the stuff taught by the rabbis in synagogues. And they practiced it, you know, and so and so would get the best seat because he gave the largest contribution and on and on and on. And they said, if these guys who are given the big bucks and they're going to make it to heaven, who's going to be saved? <laughs> the poor don't have a chance. And Jesus says, guys, 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 you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. This is false teaching. This is false practice. Because you have forgotten the word of God itself and you focused on the tradition and the teaching of the rabbis. You have forgotten that something that is so important and you should never forget it. It is impossible for anyone to come to God in their own terms. Jesus is saying it's impossible for anyone to come to God depending on their efforts. It is impossible for anyone to come to God relying on their riches or their contribution. It is impossible for anyone to buy their way to heaven. It is impossible for anyone to enter into heaven based on their own accomplishment. No matter how rich they may be, no matter how high and mighty they may be, no matter how powerful they may be, they are totally powerless and helpless when it comes to their salvation. When it comes to salvation, the work of a person, the effort of a person, the wealth of a person, the accomplishment of a person will not bring salvation. I wanted to hear me right in this one. In fact, because they of their wealth often clouds their vision of God, salvation to them is going to be difficult. That's what Jesus is talking about. But that's not all. Because the next key is when they said, you know, who can be saved? And Jesus said, with man, some things are impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. What does Jesus mean by this? What does Jesus mean by this? Here's what he means. He's saying that only God can change a sinful heart, whether it be rich or poor. Only God, in His mercy, can convert a soul, whether it's rich or poor. Only God's authority can declare a person saved, whether he's rich or poor. Only God's grace can change a person's destiny from eternal torment to eternal bliss. You see, salvation is entirely, entirely the work of the sovereign God. Amen. You see, here's what some people have misunderstood this passage through the years. There are some people who said 
that Jesus was the first communist. He is the one, the first to declare the redistribution of wealth. You see, they missed the point. They missed the point. Jesus talks to Nicodemus. Nicodemus had to have been far wealthier than this guy because he accumulated more in his capacity as a member of the Sanhedrin. But you know, Jesus never said a word to him about wealth. Why? I mean, isn't that natural? If this is what Jesus is telling everybody, give everything away and, and, and follow him, isn't that natural to say, why didn't he bring it up to Nicodemus? But you see, I want to tell you, this was not Nicodemus' problem. Wealth was not his God. Do you know what his problem was? His problem was pride. Pride. Humility was not in abundance in Nicodemus' life. You know how I know that? He came to Jesus by night. <laughs> he did not want to be identified with this radical rabbi. He was embarrassed. He is too important in society to be seen with Jesus. So he comes to him at night when nobody's watching. And Jesus, with his pure, divine eyes, sees straight through this heart. And he says, you have a problem with pride. You must be born again. He didn't say, go and sell all you have and follow me. No, no, no. Why? Because Nicodemus' problem was not money. Money was not his God. Pride was. And Jesus had to deal with that. Now, beloved friends, I want to tell you something. When a rich person comes to Jesus Christ in repentance and in faith, that person goes to heaven the same way that a person who does not have two pennies to rub together go to heaven. Same way. Same way. That's what Jesus is saying. This is the core of what Jesus is saying. If you miss it, you miss the whole thing. Whether you are rich or poor, you can only come to God through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary. And that's what he's saying about with God, everything is possible. Since he's the one who's going to get you to heaven, not what you have, not what you've done, not what you gave. And that's what Jesus is saying here with God. Everything is possible. If there's something keeping you from eternal life, may we encourage you to talk with one of our pastoral team members. Begin a conversation by filling out a short form at ltw.org slash Jesus ltw.org slash Jesus. While you're visiting our website, do take a moment to learn of the many free resources available to encourage you and those you love in your relationship with God. You can also find previous messages in this and other series from Dr. Yusuf to listen to for free through your devices and smart home technologies. Again, the website is ltw.org, ltw.org. Or you can call one of our ministry representatives at 1-300-133-589. Once again, 1-300-133-589. And we love getting your letters too, so you can write to Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. Leading the Way, P.O. Box 1900, Penrith, New South Wales, 2751. On behalf of Dr. Michael Youssef, we'd love to invite you back again next time for another life-changing message from God's Word on Leading the Way. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 